When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, 49, 11 minutes till 9 o'clock. The return of Yellow Jackets tells the narrative of, of a team of wildly talented high school girls soccer players who survive a plane crash deep in the Ontario wilderness. The series chronicles their descent from a complicated but thriving team to warring cannibalistic clans. We'll also track in the lives they have attempted to piece back together. Other than the piece back together part, it sounds like, like being in radio. You know, warring cannibalistic clans. What do you think? You ready? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the return of Showtime's critically acclaimed Emmy-nominated series Yellow Jackets, the second season returned to air on Friday, March 24th on Showtime. Our very special guest, Stephen Kruger. How are you, Stephen? Hey, good morning, Tom. I had no idea. You have no idea what? I had no idea that radio was so cannibalistic. <laughs> it really is cannibalistic, uh, definitely warring. There's no question about it. it it's just it's radio, it's It's television. Well, not tell you know. I, I, I gotta ask you one thing, Stephen. To be an actor right now has got to be a terrific time because production, production. Well, I suppose you know the economy is a little shaky right now, so it's taking a few hits. But uh, streaming television is this amazing thing that it uh, it's been in existence now for several years. But, but streaming television now, and certainly Yellow Jackets would be one of those shows. It is so much better than television used to be. Uh, are you aware of that? Uh, very good question. Yes, I would have to say I, I am. I'm extremely aware of that. I've, I've, uh, I've been in this business for a while, and um, yeah, you, you've certainly noticed the evolution from within the business of uh, just how good television has gotten. I mean, you've got you know you've got Academy Award winners like Viola Davis who are starring in, in television shows now. So I don't think that used to happen. You know, that's a very, very good point. You got, you know, Harrison Ford is on uh, a couple of different shows, as a matter of fact. Did you ever think you'd see that? Yep. Well, that's where the world is now. The world is streaming uh, at home. I love going to the movie theater. Don't get me wrong, Stephen. I love going to a movie theater, getting some popcorn and all the rest of it. But going home and watching, uh, and you watch it at your own pace. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and then I just definitely want to hear your, your take on the world as it is today, but... My wife and I took 13 years, and last night was the very last episode of Doc Martin, which is an Acorn series from, I don't know if you've ever heard of it or seen it, Stephen, but it's phenomenal. But it was so good that it took us, there were 10 seasons, like 10 seasons and a couple episodes, and my wife and I took 13 years to watch it because we kind of held back on watching it because it was so good. 
You could, I mean, I suppose wow. if you, back in the early days, you could have recorded everything, but my God, it would have stacked up over the airport. But you can go back and watch TV at your pace. You want to watch four straight episodes of Yellow Jackets, you can do that. If you want to pace it out and watch one every two weeks so it lasts longer, you can do that. I love that part of it, Stephen. I really do. I mean, you know, or we could get on uh, on your cadence and you could watch one episode every, like, six months and drag it out over 13 years. <laughs> we could do that, Stephen. That's what I, I mean. From now I on, if... It was worth it at the end of that. My God. It was magnificent. It was very, very well acted. I, uh, I've been around, you know, actors. Well, I, I did voiceover for about 30, 35 years, so I was around actors all the time, all over the United States. Sure. And I just love watching actors now because I got so used to be around you people, as they say, Stephen. No, but I, I, I love watching great actors because it's, what a gift that is. I mean, when did you realize you had a gift for acting? Um, you know, I still, I still question whether or not I do on a daily basis. To be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of the, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure any actor ever really accepts that they have any sort of talent at doing this. Um, we just kind of, we just kind of hope that we're not unmasked as frauds uh, every time we step in front of the camera. <laughs> Stephen, you and I got to work together someday, whether it's voice or... I love your attitude about this. That's so great. You look at it very realistically, and, and, and obviously you can hear the gratitude in your delivery, the fact that, I mean, you, you look around and you go, look at this, I've been in 8,000 shows. I've been, you know, Roswell, New Mexico, the originals, Good Trouble, NCIS, Pretty Little Liars, Hawaii Five O. You know what? Ghostbumps. I've heard of all these shows, Stephen. It's not like you're on stiffs, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, look, that's, that's one of the things that I was told when I started in this business. It, it, takes, it takes a long time, and a lot of people don't realize that. You know, a lot of people think there's, there's such a thing as an overnight success, except, you know, as soon as you think somebody's an overnight success, you go and look at their resume, and it's like, oh, damn, they've been doing this for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just the nature of what this business is, you know? No question about it. Our very special guest, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Kruger, talking about Yellow Jackets. I want to hear all about it. So season two started, uh, by, well, not quite a week ago, um, six days ago. So your character, how do we get involved with you? Uh, first of all, I really, really like the show. I'm a huge streaming fan anyway. I think I pointed that out. So for a show to come around like Yellow Jackets, and another thing I should mention is that's another part of streaming. You can go from one genre to the next to the next to the next, and it all flows together. It's, it's very, very nice. So what's the latest with Yellow Jackets in the second season? Well, I mean, look, it's, it's hard to come back. You know, we, we had an incredibly successful first season. I think it was somewhat of a surprise. Um, you know, I, I think we were all optimistic that the first season was going to find an audience the way it did. Um, but it happened so quickly and, and in such a resounding way that we went back for season two. And I think all of us were nervous uh, about being able to live up to those expectations that we had kind of set uh, with, with the first season. So um, let's just say that, that the envelope gets pushed even further in season two. And, and to be totally honest with you, we kind of doubled down on all of the things that, that made us one of the craziest shows on television. Um, you know, things really go off the rails in season two, and uh, it, it's done in such an authentic way that it's, it's, it's really chilling. I got to ask you something, Stephen. I don't think it's a coincidence because, you know, the people in the world right now, around the world, certainly in America, are, uh, they just want to go after each other. They just want to criticize one another. Oh, I hate you. Oh, my God, you don't agree with me. It's just terrible. I love this line. 
The series chronicles their descent from a complicated but thriving team to warring cannibalistic clans. That's what's happening in the real world, Stephen. I love that. It's a little bit of uh, it's a little bit of life imitating art, or vice versa. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, it, it just, like you said, it was a surprise. First of all, it was not a surprise to my wife and, and me. We watched the first couple of episodes. Really, really liked the show. It is very well written. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. One of the best pilot scripts I, I had ever read. Very, very cool. And I know you got to go, Steve, but you got to come back sometime. I had, a, I had a ball talking to you. We appreciate it. Love the show. So congratulations. Thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, this was great. Let's do it again soon. I'd love to. Stephen Kruger, ladies and gentlemen, Yellow Jackets. Uh, tonight, as a matter of fact. What do you think of that? Oh, no, excuse me, it's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's 31st. Uh, people are obsessed with this show. People they are. love yeah. this. It's a uh, big talk over at My Talk. People, I, I, I don't have Hulu right now, but it's one of those ones that like I want to switch out one and watch this because it looks so good. This is a show that my, my girlfriend's like, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. All yeah. my friends are watching. I'm like, okay, but we're watching like three other shows that you've already like, we got to watch. So it's on the docket, but I, I mean, I've heard nothing but like raving reviews. They've won awards. It's it's the talk of the town. And like Steven said, I mean, they, they're pushing the boundaries and it's, it's a lot of like tension. It's a lot of like edge of your seat. Like you can pay for the full seat. You're only going to need the front part of it. The edge, you're, yeah. You're, you're always going to be leaning forward like, okay, what's coming next? What's coming next? So um, I, I'm excited to get going. Do you think it's a coincidence that in a world where everybody's going after one another, destroying people's lives, banning them, doing all these wonderful things, just happen to be uh, telling a story about cannibalistic clans going after each other? <laughs> it's kind of a coincidence, don't you think? Yeah, no, that's that's funny. It's, it it kind of shows what these, these writers, they pull from the real world, maybe subconsciously yep. at yeah. times, but it's that you exert, you observe it, and you know it's the back of your mind, and then you're writing about this soccer team, the plane crashes, and all of a sudden it turns into, you know, it's a reflection. It, it, it's what you see every day in the news. Yep. It is. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it, AJ. You see this cannibalistic going after each other, backstabbing crap on the news every night. Not local news generally. Local news tends to be pretty good. But these national news programs, my God, they just, you can't, I still, I really honestly think I've gotten to the point where I do think they all sit on the phone together and go, I'll go after you. It'll be kind of like all-star wrestling. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Someone's the heel, someone's the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of heels, we've got a Gel fan in studio, by the way. That's about as heely as it gets. What can I say? I'm, I'm lying under the table here. <laughs> Why? Well, because uh, Brittany is, uh, is about to spread her cold throughout the metropolitan area. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing he brings up, Brittany, I, know. I love it. I know. <laughs> and I texted you. I emailed you. I was so concerned yeah, well, with you knowing. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, the, the only communication I've had with a human being this morning is, I've got a cold. Do you want me to, do you, do you want to stay home? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I just flipped a coin and, and uh, you know, I came in. Taking that chance, I know. I know. I Go Go is trying to kill us at well, our house. Well, you know, it's just it's the thing about babies, you know. Yeah. That's why you should get every cold you can before you have a child. Oh, then you'll be immune idea. to maybe you know one tenth of what you're going to get. <laughs> one tenth, ten percent. It's enough. not going to be much. The first thing I'm going to do uh, on my way home, of course, is I'll you know I'll get some of this uh, you know like like uh, twenty thousand milligram zinc things, you know, mm-hmm. which apparently is what porn stars use. And it, oh, it, is that right? Does yeah. it work for them? 
Uh, not not to prevent colds. Okay. So. <laughs> well, they can just go get Narcan now right over the counter. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'll probably pick some up. I mean, why not, right? Well, the heroin addict that you are. Well, I mean, you, you, know. mean, you never know. Someone might stop by and. <laughs> you never know. You know, like you maybe those really? Seventh Day Adventists coming by to try to convert <laughs> me, and they'll just flop over, and and then I'll have to get out the Narcan. And you brought a friend along with you. You've got Neil Carlin on the phone to talk Ooh, about the Saints. Love Neil. And Neil, uh, Neil knows a lot about Narcan because, of course, you know, his, his most recent book is about Prince. Oh, that's right. Fentanyl. Yeah. Book, book doing uh, really well. Uh, I read it a couple times. And I have, always have to promote his stuff because then he'll never borrow any money from me. Sure. Yeah. No, but Neil is a fantastic writer. And, of course, he, is, you know, he, is, he knows all things saints because he... Uh, he wrote a great book about the Saints, and Saints opening day will be Friday, so one day after the, mm-hmm. the Twins open today. Neil Carlin, how are you, sir? Nice talking to you. I'm good. How are you guys doing? I, I, I get up and I just hear talk of porn stars and Narcan. <laughs> what did I walk into the middle of? Right? <laughs> same. Same. What, you know, you when you walk into the middle of a conversation, it's like you're not sure if you want to know the context. You know, it's, it's, what are you guys talking about? You know, usually no, when no. I walk into the middle of a conversation, everybody stops talking and then disperses. <laughs> Do you think it means oh, they, they were yeah. talking about me? Or they change, you know, they change the subject and it's, <laughs> say, what about those saints? You exactly. Know? And, and what about the saints? Well, they're, they're kind of gone. I mean, when I wrote about them, it was another century and, and and they were this wacky, truly renegade team. And now, as you've pointed out, it's a hedge fund that owns them. Oh, so no. It's... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, why? You just, why? Tr- you just triggered Brittany. And Tom. It's... And Tom. Oh, and me great. Too. But not, you know. It's... Oh, great. It... Hedge funds. Well, it... All things lead back to. They all... But that's the thing is they, they kind of do. Now, Neil's book, by the way, about the Saints. <laughs> Was called Slouching Toward, and it's still called Slouching Toward Fargo. It's it's a fantastic book about his the year he spent with the Saints, and it was of course a, a probably the most famous Saints year of all time. Well, it certainly was because they had Jack Morris and Daryl Strawberry on the team. Oh, God, yes, and you know when the team got sold a, a, when it was a couple weeks ago, it was it was for the highest price of any minor league team in history, and it was so. Again, ironic, because when they started, it was Andy McPhail, who, I don't know, he was the general manager of the Twins or the president of the Twins, called it, you know, Mike Vex's beer league team. And it was so <laughs> down at the – it wasn't just shit either. They, were, they weren't that, but it was like Sid Hartman would not deign to cross the river into St. Paul. To, well, to he doesn't swim that well, so you can't blame him. No, no. He nor, didn't nor swim that well. Was, that yeah. was, you know, he was not a witch. That, or, no, the witches float, or do they not float? They the... they don't float. Is that the thing? No, well, they do. No, they do no, they float. Do. You're That's right, because right. either they way, you're yes. screwed. Because yeah, yeah you it's either... a lose lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like marriage. Yeah, you'll drown, but you're but you're not a witch. Yeah, you're not you're not a witch. And but what I when the news sort of broke that they had sold, and I was bad and an old man. You know, and it was I felt like those. Old reverence, those guys who were so reverent about baseball on like Ken Burns' 37 part 
thing, you know, about baseball that was so awful, I thought. And But what I suddenly remember, God, it was, there was true madness. They were truly a funny team. I remember that madness when they started in 1993 where they do, when's that time you saw anything funny at a ballpark? You know, like when the first time their rally song came on, which was Sammy Davis Jr.'s <laughs> version of the shaft, the theme from the shaft. <laughs> and, and how did that evolve to a hedge fund? But then again, how did I evolve from that youngish man to this creature I am not, you know? So I suddenly, you know, I there was an irreverence to them that was real, and it was not planned spontaneity, which has sort of happened. And and what they did, it was so anathema to I believe I just used the word anathema. I'm sorry, but I you were talking anathema. about porn stars. And I don't even know what you're doing. Two met you know. Um, but they were wacky, and it's funny. And that, and they were considered so bush league. And now the twins do all that stuff that 25, 30 years ago was just considered, you know, below that. It's hard to think that anything was below the twins, but it's um, below 500 I, very often. Actually, at the end of last year, it seemed like the Saints were better than. Ooh, it's like we had two AAA teams. You know, um, you know how they somehow went from first place to sub five hundred in like two weeks at the very end yep. of the season. So, I don't know. It's not like ah, they suddenly changed. It changed over the decades, and suddenly it did become sort of planned spontaneity. And I don't want it's it's such it's so easy to be cynical, but I know a lot of people still work there, and they're they're good people, but um, the times they have changed, you know, and is, is that good? Is it bad? I, I you know, it's... What, what did they sell rever- the team for? It hasn't been announced, and I'm, I'm not quite sure, but they made their dough, and it's so funny, because when they started, Mike Vec, you know, the son of Bill Vec, mm-hmm. he, he was broke and a recovering alcoholic, and they gave him 25% of the team for sweat equity and 25% of the team was worth basically nothing and uh, um, and he built this thing. It was it was for real and it wasn't just about redemption, you know, a last chance for Daryl Strawberry or Jack Morris, but the entire team and also the the people who were working for, for the team. It was like to go to work. Mike Dickey started to say, if you show up at my door looking for a job, you know it's the end of the line. And it's no longer that way. There were so many great stories, people who had just screwed up along the way. And now those stories aren't there. And I don't know, my my oldest friend in the world, never saw, who's from here, never went and saw a Saints game because he always chose to see the the, the best available players. That's what he wanted to see. And mm-hmm. and I, it was more interesting to me what was going on there because everyone had a story. And now they're just on their way up and or on their way down you know and it, it just it just isn't quite the same what about there's so an interesting now, interesting thing you say there because what about bill murray is he on his way up or down bill murray of course well, what what percentage of the team does he own or did he own he owned a quarter of the team and back then they owned like two teams it's interesting how he got into it. And, and then they they became sort of a conglomerate and owned eight different teams this you know, baseball ownership group, but um, how he started owning teams started back in the Saturday Night Live days. They all, every, all the cast went and did little films on what they did on their summer vacation, and Aykroyd and Belushi 
that's when they started the Blues Brothers, and they did a little film they showed. And Murray bought the Salt Lake City independent team. Um, and back then, there were only like five or six independent teams in all baseball. I feel like I'm lecturing. And so fast. <laughs> but now, then it became a business model. That's how you, you know, now there are dozens and dozens of independent leagues, and it, it, it has become sort of shtick. Yeah, it's corp- but, but it's, it's corporate shtick, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is would and, seem uh, to me to be an oxymoron. It does. It's like planned spontaneity, you know, um, which is what I think a lot of, you know, baseball is now trying to, you know, it's flailing about trying to figure, you know, they've missed a generation of kids, but it truly was wacky. And I, Bill Murray is going to be fine. It looked like he's going to be canceled. But when it turned out he wasn't Harvey Weinstein, you know, when all these allegations seem to pop up at once and if if louis ck can come back who was shown to be sort of a true predator uh you know bill murray if he wants to he'll he'll be just fine no they'll, they'll all be just fine yeah i don't think we have but, to we don't really have to worry about him but i feel funny going oh in the days when i were they were you know i feel like christy matthewson was throwing the fade away i told you that was baseball you know and <laughs> there, there, there is that yeah you know, true, there weren't blacks playing, and, uh, you know, I cheated, but uh, that was baseball, you know. Um, so I, I, I hear myself talking, and I just wonder, do we become what we loathe? Have I become that <laughs> Reverend George Will-like character, you know? He'll always get around to this despondent uh, introspection at some point. Well, at some point, right? You know, when I know I... When I... When you start off again talking about porn stars and Narcan, yeah, well, how do I? Uh, where do you do go I, from there? I know. How do I not bring it down a step? You know, I mean, it's you know, it's this you know, this conversation is the story of our lives, though. I always start that way, and you know that. I know, but it's so early, you know. And <laughs> uh, you say Narcan. Oh, right. It was like yesterday they said, right? Nar- you can now like get Narcan at, at Super America, right, or something over the. Well, oh, that's just for the employees, though. That's for the employee. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just kidding, of course. <clears throat> oh, God. Mike, I have a question about Mike. that. Mm-hmm. So, Very quickly. That's a narcotic. How can you sell it over the counter? Well, you sell cigarettes it. over the counter. Are they narcotics? Sort of, yeah. yeah I suppose. I suppose so. Uh, hey, look, I, if it saves lives, I'm happy to hear it. I don't I know, can you, can you get question. high from Narcan? I don't think so, because it's does the it's blocking effects of an opioid on the brain. Sure. Yeah. There you have it. Kind of like uh, you know, kind of like um, you know, methadone. That's a kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And what happened true. to candy cigarettes? Do you remember those? those oh, I loved them. Yeah, then the woke crowd came along and canceled candy cigarettes. <laughs> You're Wouldn't welcome. Doubt Wouldn't doubt it. No question. Neil, i got to say one thing. Uh, as you guys continue, I, I, I find myself to... I feel really fortunate to live in a town that has the Minnesota Twins and the St. Paul Saints. I mean, this... Yeah, we don't win a lot of championships. There's no doubt about that. But our access to great stadiums and really fun sports. So it, I don't know. Twin Cities do a hell of a job there. I love the fact that we have both the Saints and the Twins. Love it. And for now, the Timberwolves. And for now, the Timberwolves. That's right. We don't know where they're going, but. Do you think they God, will leave for I, sure? No, I think I they're think just the, they're just going to blackmail us for a, a new arena. Yeah. yeah. I heard somebody about Kevin Garnett got traded. 
is that true with the Timberwolves? I'm, I'm not real up on it. You know? <laughs> but actually, yeah. there is a Kevin Garnett thing connected to the Twins. Sure. You know, no matter how badly the Timberwolves used to suck, you could always go and at least Kevin, you knew Kevin Garnett would be there. And it just reminds me of Correa with the Twins. I'm so happy we got him, you know. Um, just because no matter how mediocre the Twins are going to be, and I think we're going to be, just like the newspaper writers are saying, oh, no, they're going to win the championship. I think the Athletic yesterday placed them firmly at number 15 out of 30. Yeah, well, that's, Um, I mean, that's what they do, though. What they do is mediocrity. And and we're happy with that. Yes. We we distrust championships. I think it's, it's like why we always, just have vice presidents. That's fine. We don't really, you know, we don't want to be too showy with the president. We come and say, you know, it's fine to be runner-up in the Super Bowl 19 times and to have 13 vice presidents. And you don't need to go to the top. You know, it's a little, little too showy. You know, uh, we're number two is is, is, is is kind of our slogan. You the, know? Books, the books are, are saying 84 and a half wins. 84 and a half. Yeah, those, are the, those are the Las Vegas odds. The over-under is Isn't 84 and a half. Isn't it we've gone the longest without a championship of any, yeah. you know, ma- yep. is, that, is 91, that was the last championship yep. of anything. Would- but the Twins have broken a record, and no one will ever break the Twins' postseason record. Which one? Uh, 18 losses in a row. In a row. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's that's like, you know, baseball, you always talk about, Records that'll never be broken, you know, and uh, and I think that's it. That's the one. No one will ever break that record, no. except the Twins. Eighteen, eighteen, and and <laughs> it was very weird. We got. I remember. You remember when they played the Yankees in the play? You could just when they came on the field, you could just tell they were going to lose. It looked like a double eighteen. It was very very strange, you know. What we get in the what do you think, Mike? You're a you're you're a beat you know a, a reformed beat writer. Do they have a chance this year? I mean, there is something about mm-hmm. there's always hope. With, well, the opening day is the best. You know, they always said the worst day of the year is the last day of the baseball season. So I guess by but it's Matt, you know the, the best day would be the, would be opening. Day. It, it is the best day when always, it is the best day when you're facing Granky though. Yes. Imagine Ooh. Kansas Kansas City. He's their ace. He's a guy who's about 45, has that 78-mile-an-hour fastball. He's their <laughs> yeah. opening day. He He's their ace. Yes. I think the Twins, uh, it's, it's, I think they'll probably, they'll probably lose the division title on the last day of the year to Cleveland. That's my, that's my prediction. Well, not Cleveland. Not again. Yeah, Cleveland again. Damn it. It's just wrong. How did they do it? You know, it's... Um... They do yeah, it with the, all these brittle old bodies that just don't last the full season. I know, and they don't even throw it. You know, it, I, did anybody throw two hundred innings? You, I mean, what happened? These, these guys are so no, fragile. no. That's that's that, those things, that's never going to be done, especially with the Twins. No, the Twins, the Twins uh, opening day pitch. It's not going to be thrown out by a celebrity. It's going to be thrown out by the head of the pharmaceutical company that sells Enbrel. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to say OxyContin, you know, or do Pharma, you know. Uh, not yet. Not yet, you know. But it's, uh, 
It's a beautiful day. It's opening day. There's something great about seeing those standings where everyone is zero and zero. There, there, there's a perfection to that. You know, I, I always love looking at the newspaper the first day when everyone is zero and zero. And the thing about Neil and I is that on opening day of our lives, we were 0 and 10. Oh, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> All right, boys, yeah. we got to get going. Uh, unfortunately, Neil, please do come back though. Love your work, obviously. I haven't seen you in a long time. What the hell, Les? I know. I, was... I, I, I take it personally. You never write. You never call. I sit by the phone <laughs> oh, well. waiting. You know? and, and let me just maybe just maybe just leave this one bit of information: the book, slouching toward Fargo. The current book, because Neil is never going to hype his own products. Okay. No, right. The current right, book is. Oh, a, right. I forget to. It's not. It's not. I mean, I'm as narcissistic as, as anybody. I just. Forget. And, yeah. and, and, and and Neil has written the ultimate uh, biography, semi-autobiography for, for Neil uh, about Prince. It's called uh, it's called This Thing Called Life. Well, that's one of the titles. you got like four titles, though. It's the Prince Odyssey. It's, uh, you know, it goes on and on. It's, it's a, and it's also, um, it's also, uh, it's, a, it's, it's like all the, uh, all, everything on and off the record about Prince. Very Thanks you have for it. the plug. Good. It was they originally were calling it. It was supposed to be called formerly known as, which I thought was a pretty cool title. But the guys who go around selling the book to bookstores demanded it be changed because everyone hated it so much. So it's the book formerly known as the book formerly known as. <laughs> I have noticed that. <laughs> great. Well, thank you for having me on, y'all. Yeah. Absolutely, Neil. And come happy back soon. Opening day to everybody. Yeah, you know? Happy opening day to you, Neil. Great to hear your voice, okay. sir. Good to hear you guys and we, women, woman, people. <laughs> I'm highly offended, Neil. People. Just refer to us as they. <laughs> yes, you? yes. They. I'm obviously very distraught. They. Yeah, my my my, my pronoun is. Mackle. So it does. Anyway, have a good morning. Bye, Neil. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Take a break on the Tom Bernard Show. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant. The latest statistics are out for 2022. And although 48 states, including Minnesota, have texting and driving laws in place, many American drivers still take part in this dangerous practice daily. According to the National Safety Council, cell phone use while driving led to 1.6 million crashes and nearly 309,000 injuries occur each year from accidents caused by texting while driving. Scariest of all, over 3,000 deaths are caused by texting and driving. And these are only the numbers that have been verified. Who knows how many more there actually were? The bottom line is this. In Minnesota, we have the hands-free law in place for a reason. To keep you and those around you safe. The simple solution is please don't text and drive. It's against the law. By practicing safe driving habits, you can break the cycle of distracted driving. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. At the new Tom Bernard Morning Show, we're pretty low-key. We talk in regular voices. Well, except for Tom's, which is all like, You're a disaster. But we don't get all hypey and stuff. However, we are doing a contest called Pick Your Prize. You could win $10,000 worth of yard machines from Tri-State Bobcat. $10,000 worth of machines. It's pretty hard not to get excited about $10,000 worth of lawn machines, including a zero-turn mower, a walk-behind mower, snowblower, string trimmer, leaf blower, chainsaw, and more. Or a $10,000 Cub Foods gift card. And all you have to do is register on the Tom Bernard Show app. 
which you already have, right? Well, if not, download it. No big deal. Then register. Every time you open the app between now and March 31st, you'll be entered in the $10,000 Pick Your Prize contest. That's it. Download the Tom Bernard Show app. It's free and it's in your app store. Win $10,000 worth of yard machines from Tri-State Bobcat, a $10,000 cup gift card, and so much more. See it all on the Tom Bernard Show app. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-330-1991. That's 1-800-330-1991. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-330-1991. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, 922 now, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock, KQRS. Um, I did it again. I do that like once a week now. Yeah, but you know what? It's funny. It just flows. I think I notice only about half the time because I'm also very used to it. (laughs) Just 37 years. I mean, I I suppose that'll do it, won't it? I don't. We've never even had anybody call in or say anything, so I think everybody chill with it. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody gives a rat's ass. And look, the support for this show has been amazing. You people are. I thank you again every day. I look at it. It's like holy god. They didn't. Even, they must not have known Gelfan was on today because they all tuned in. I know. Yep. Well, it'll be a, just a probably a, a continuing slide for the next hour. Oh, is that what it is? Continuing, ladies and gentlemen, Score North's Judd Zolgad joins us now, and we're going to be talking about um, opening day, uh, and that's whether Judd wants to or not. I'm just telling you, I'm excited. It's opening day. Twins at Kansas City. Judd, how you doing? Happy opening day to all. Of course I want to talk about it. Oh, in, fact, in, in fact, your previous guest, I mean, it was such a downer. I, I ordinarily am so you <laughs> know, high on life. I'm ordinarily, I'm Mr. You know, Peaches and Cream baseball season starting. What could go wrong? But, I mean, if that's the direction he chooses to go, I guess that's the well, direction. That's, hey, that's my best friend, so cool it, pal. Which is no, not shocking in itself, <laughs> no, right? No. I was wait poking fun at myself because I am ordinarily Mr. Doom and Gloom. I'd like to point out also that uh, Neil might have been negative, but Gelfand was steering the ship. Okay. I know. <laughs> Tom, thank you, Tom. I, heard it. I was I, like, I heard it. <laughs> well, okay. it's true, but you know, it's 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 just like a that was just like a typical conversation I had with Neil. Oh yeah, it was. There's no. I've I've heard it many times, and you're absolutely right. So we heard uh, Michael Gelfand announce today how many games uh, the Twins going to win again. Eighty-four and a half is the over/under in Vegas. That's about fair. Yeah, I'd say they'd win. Uh, I would. I might. I might at this point being as optimistic as I could possibly be. Go over, but not by a lot. I saw Lavelle uh, picked him. I think for ninety-one wins, which I don't think right. they're going to get close to. Mm. I, I could. I could see them. It, <laughs> Vegas is not wrong a lot. It feels like I could see them hovering right around that if things go well. Well, that's, that's the thing. The, yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. guys stay healthy? Right. I mean, that's the question. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and some of their guys are, you know, there's any number that are already not healthy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's what's maddening is it's all predictable. That's the thing. It was all predictable. Did anybody really think when when they uh, finally broke down and signed this Michael A. Taylor, I don't know why, as Patrick keeps saying, Royce, the A's there, but when they signed him, did anybody really think that Byron Buxton was going to play a ton in center field i think that no. they'll be very content if he plays a ton at dh the operative word there being plays yeah at, you know if if they can pencil him in at dh i think they'll be pleased the problem with that is if he's not playing center field his value he has some but like a big portion of who he is is that glove in center field so yeah again if things go well i think they hover around 84 and a half uh, if they don't go well, we saw it last year when they collapsed in the last month. Yeah, what um, about the pitching? Um, can those guys stay healthy? Oh God! Um, <laughs> it depends who you're. Depends who you're asking well, about. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm know. just saying, sort of like you know, just just the thing is, they they always have this shuttle, you know, by. It, yeah. Certainly, certainly by June, it's just a daily shuttle between St. Paul and Minneapolis. So is that, it going to be that way again? Well, the thing that concerns me is that uh, I, I guess the velocity for this uh, uh, Tyler Malley, the guy that they got from the Reds and pitched for, what, two games or something and then got mm-hmm. hurt, yep. I guess his spring training velocity was not great, to which he said, well, that's always the case. It's like, probably not, dude. You, But yeah. like the Twins' propensity the last couple of years to trade for injured players has just been very disturbing. So... I'm hopeful that, well, I'm not hopeful. If Pablo Lopez, the guy that they got for a rise from the Marlins, does not pitch well, people's jobs should finally be in jeopardy. I'm not saying that they will be. But they were so anxious to trade a rise who could play second base. Uh, when, <clears throat> well, yeah. When, well, not not great, but, Pol- but, but Polanco, you know, that's a, that looks to me like probably a chronic knee problem. Yeah, and 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 the thing about uh, thing about the Arias trade was that also is tied into the Buxton situation, because Arias plays bat, and so he can't. Yep. But he's not going to be the DH most of the time if Buxton is even healthy enough to be a DH. Yep, that's probably true. But the point is, the pitching better be good. Yeah. Finally. Like these guys, Derek Falvey's here because if you remember, he came from Cleveland with what the reputation for Cleveland had sort of the we've got the secrets of how to, to develop pitching. How many pitchers have they developed so far? They basically had to go trade for him. So at some point in time, if Derek Falvey, who's now what I, I think he came here in 2016, so he is quite a ways into his tenure here, if he does not have any type of pitching pipeline, um, basically we were sold a bill of goods. I know you're gonna be shocked by that. Well, Tom, you you saw a couple of spring training games, right? Yes. Yeah, yes what indeed. was what was your what were your thoughts about the Twins? I be honest with you, not just about the Twins, but all of Major League Baseball has gotten to the point now that they're bored with spring training, and you can tell by their body language they don't want to be there for a month. You can just tell. Yeah. It wasn't like the old days, Tinkerfield. No. No, no, it was not. Because Look, I, it wasn't, I, you know, in those days, it, w- it was like sort of quaint to see a game. Now it's a, mm-hmm. now it probably costs 50 bucks to get a ticket, right? 
Oh, we ran down the ticket price uh, now. It's amazing. Uh, in most cases, to take four people, so it's you, your spouse, a couple of children, mm-hmm. uh, in order to go to a, a baseball game across America, Boston's the most expensive in all, $61 per ticket on mm-hmm. average. Yeah. So basically, by the time you bring four kids to dinner and then to the uh, to the Boston Red Sox game, you spent five hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, Jesus! You're, you're trying to get get a loan at that point. Man. You know what? <laughs> exactly. You know what, you guys? Let's talk about a positive. Hmm. I'm not sure how you I gotta feel go. about this. No, 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 Gelfand, <laughs> you're gonna love this. Stay where you are. You're gonna love this one. The new speed up rules start today. Yeah, that's good. And I can't tell you, and I'm an old-time baseball fan, and I love the traditional, you know, baseball's a great game of stats, but my God, I am so excited for faster games. I am so excited not to see batters step out. Do you, do you remember when Mike Hargrove... Oh, that, him, don't, he, it's now I'm triggered. Was the human rain delay because was he was the only guy, but, but Mike, he was the only guy, Tom, he was the only guy in the league that pulled that crap. I used to shout yep. obscenities at him from the press box. <laughs> Well, you, you and Royce probably both did. I had to call my wife. Well, I'm going to be late to tonight. I love baseball because it's, it brings out this in people. I do love that about baseball. It really does. But it is true. Mike Hargrove was the prototype for what we have. Well, we, we have had uh, until this year, hopefully. Well, they, these guys, I, I predict Luis Arias will be the first guy to be punished by the new speed rules. Oh, really? Oh, nobody ever worse. And in all yeah, my career true. with covering and watching sports, nobody ever irritated me more than Luis Arise. You know what the worst Landry. one was for the Twins last year? Worse than Arise because at least Arise had production off of the length of at bat. It was, um, it was a Pagan. Emilio Pagan. Oh, yeah. Yep. That reliever who, by the way, by some work of God, I don't know, some act of God, he's still here. But that guy would take forever to pitch, and then he sucked. Yeah. Well, but, you know, he had to throw 100 miles an hour just to make up for everything else that he delayed. If you're going to take that long, I beg of you not to suck at your job. Is that too much to ask, Tom? No, it's not. I will tell you one thing, though. I have been watching some preseason games. I love the Twins. I love baseball. The ability of these people, just ama- the things that they can do in the outfield, the infield, at the plate, on the mound, these people are phenomenal athletes. You can't get around that. It's, it's true, but I'd rather see three minutes of Caitlin Clark. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Good. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, she's, she's the new prototype, the superstar of yeah. professional sports. And I'm not even kidding. She is incredible. I didn't mean to change the subject, but that, that's but that's an upbeat thing too, you know. I mean, women's basketball mm-hmm. right now because of her is so much more entertaining than men's basketball. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're absolutely right about that. I, I, look, I, you can't get me in a bad mood today. I got my uh, Minnesota Twins coming up in what is it about a little less than six hours, something mm-hmm. like that, or yeah. six hours, right around there. Yep. I'm very excited. Have been since I was nine years old. I love my Twins. I, you know. Watched them win two World Series. I watched them absolutely suck all season long. I, one question I do, and I don't have this. I don't have a personal opinion on this, but I'm asking everybody, uh, certainly you two guys, uh, if he doesn't win a playoff game this year, is this it for Rocco? 
No, because it unless unless they were to pull the plug on Falvey, which I don't yeah. think there's yeah. any inclination. So here's the here's where baseball has really really changed, not for the better. Um, the managers like Rocco, no law. You know, it used to be Gene Mock would get the job and then tell Calvin <laughs> to buzz off, right? <laughs> like don't effing don't effing tell me where to hit guys. You know, <laughs> this is my ball club. And you know, eventually, then it would lead to, as as uh, as Mike can tell you, it would lead to problems and dissension and a separation. But Rocco Baldelli, like people think, oh my God, Rocco Baldelli's ruining baseball. <laughs> it's the it's the people no. above him. He's, the he's not. They, they are not managers anymore. They That's are. True. They are not man. They're clerks right now. Yes. He's a clerk. Like the, they hand him the analytics sheet. This is how your lineup's going to go. And and then that's why we last year we saw three hours and 15 minutes of Rocco sluicing. Paul Molitor, <laughs> Paul Molitor is not there because you know what? I think he said, hold on a second. I manage the ball club. And they're like, well, no, you listen to what we tell you because our, yeah, our, you know, our metrics, our advanced metrics. But, but. Rocco slipped up last year. He'll slip, and I can't figure out if he slips up on purpose to absolve himself or not. But he slipped up last year at some point, and started talking about the decisions on pitchers, on starting pitchers. Mm. And Tom, and Tom, he said something along the lines of, "Those decisions are made in the afternoon." Yeah. God, isn't that amazing? Why? Why did that start? What do these people know about? Look, I, look, I have people making comments to me about you know, podcasting, about radio, about television, all the rest of it. And they have no idea what the hell they're talking about, but they think they know more than you do. And I don't understand. There is no way I could know as much as a Major League Baseball player does. The stuff that goes on in their noggin's pretty amazing. And it's all mathematics now, is I yeah, think I think is. what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. It used to be managers had a feel for things. Did you ever see Rocco engage with anyone, especially his players, during a game? Nope. The game has been Ivy League. It's that simple, and I'm not joking. I'm not being a mm-hmm. smartass. It's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of people um, who yes r- rely on mathematics and statistics. And I'm telling you, the the thing that the tip off here, right? Like baseball's gone to these great lengths now to ban the shift and to speed up the game and to, to right. improve it. What is the first thing that when Joey Gallo came to the plate in spring training, the, the Red Sox did? They said they moved their center fielder to shallow right field. <laughs> and they moved their exactly. left fielder to center field <laughs> to create mm-hmm. the exact shift yeah. that's been banned. Yeah, they'll they, figure it the, out. That's how they get. But I mean, the, these guys are all and gals. They are all about trying to figure out how they can how they can work the game as opposed to what's best for the game. And poor Max Kepler, he thinks he's going to hit two thirty and be a star this year. Two eighteen, same old Max. Leading off today, I mean, come on. I'm really excited for him. Well, they should have Gallo leading off because nobody walks like him on this team. Yeah, and you know what? I think they're going to. I, I think that the ordinary plan is for that exactly. But, I mean, again, how far is that? And I'm not I'm not c- complaining at this point. But how far is Joe? Is a guy like Gallo, which has been going on for years now, leading off from the baseball, you know, Mickey Rivers leads off. <laughs> yeah. You know, and now it's like, no, we got Joey Gallo, and he might strike out. Or hit hit a home run, but he's going to take a bunch of pitches. So Carlos Correa can see what the pitcher has. Yeah, good move. That is a really good move, actually. Don't you think? I don't know. If you're if you're facing uh, Granky, you should be ready to swing. That's, yeah. I'm gonna, that's going to be actually. It's kind of be. I think it's kind of fun to think of Granky as the opening day pitcher because 
you know, there will be players on base, finally. If the game takes 225, I'm all for whoever leads off. Yeah. That, that's. I just want baseball to go back to being a game played with any pace. What are they so. going to be able to do, though, now that they can't tighten and loosen and tighten again their batting gloves between every pitch? Oh, God, remember that? But oh. It was the norm last year. Garcia, oh. Garcia Parra, I, I think he really started that, right? Because he would have that ritual. Well, maybe, maybe like, Hargrove, but after that, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, Garcia Parra would step out after every at-bat. Oh, after a pitch, doesn't with... matter. They never moved their hands, <laughs> uh, yeah, but they had to do it. <laughs> Oh, my God. And Luis yes, Arias right. was, again, I'm sorry, I, I, I know I'm obsessed, but he was the worst of the worst when it came to that. And then the yes, walks around home plate between every pitch, you know, the, the histrionics, when he would fall the ball off, he would make a routine out of it. No more. It was cute, yeah. like the first three times. <laughs> hey, it. you know what? The opening day is here at Hope Springs Eternal, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be watching. Right, right, Mike. I will be watching. I'll see. Right, I'll see every pitch, and uh, and and I, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's great. It's been a long time. It seems like it's been years since the Twins played. Yes, it does. You going to the right. game, Mike? All right. I know Judd's got to go. Judd's all, right. all good. Thank you, sir. See you, Judd. Talk to you on Tuesday. See you guys. Sounds great. Uh, score North Judd Zolgad. So, Galfano, are you going to go to any games this year? No. Why not? I don't go to games. I know you don't. Crowds. We're not going to get you out there, huh? Crowds, uh, even even before the pandemic. No, no crowds for me. How about if I helicoptered you? Yes, in? yes, that's it. I'd like to parachute into home, on the home plate. <laughs> yes. That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> I would be there to watch that if you could do that. I yeah. think it would be wonderful. I think most you of my parachute. enemies would be there to watch that. You have no enemies. What are you talking about? <laughs> I love that most of my enemies would. What the hell is wrong with you? Hey, I'm my fa- I am today. my father's son. My dad oh, cherished his enemies far more than his friends. That's true. I love it. No question about that. I, I Listen, I could sit back and listen to people talk baseball all day. I just absolutely... Yeah. Uh, it's just a wonderful sport. There's no question about it. It's it is. amazing. Because it's it's exciting and relaxing at the same time. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know what's interesting about that is I was, you know, a pretty mediocre athlete anyway. But uh, I uh, play in baseball, just watching really good baseball players, and then later on in life, softball players... You you realize very quickly I don't have anywhere near that much talent. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's a pretty you know there's a gap there. It's, yeah. Let's face it. I mean these guys do. To, to, I mean how how do you how do you hit a hundred mile an hour fast? I know. How do you get a bat on that? Why are you not lying on the ground praying for health? I <laughs> tell my story about Ron Davis. I walked out. Uh, they, the Twins invited me to you put a uniform on, even and walk out in the field and work out with them and all that stuff. And it was, you not really work out with them, but you know, be around them while they were working out, that kind of deal. And I got to before the long before the gates even opened. I just kind of messing around, and somebody asked me, Ron Davis wants to throw a pitch to you. Is that all right? And I said, Yeah, it's got to be amazing. Ron Davis, that'd be unbelievable. He throws the pitch. It's headed right at my head. Mm. So I bail out. I get up and realize the breaking ball ended up about three feet outside. Well, it was he, never going to come anywhere near me. A true gentleman. He was going to make sure he didn't hit you. <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, he was going to make sure he humiliated you. Uh, well, <laughs> there is this that. This is baseball. It's, it's, you know, it's, it is. It, it that's is. what the game's all about. I, you know, I look back on the great memories. For me, 
And AJ, you can pick up the, the, the spot here because you're only 24, so you can take my job and go forward with it. And Gelfand will tell you this is true because the very first time I met Mike Gelfand, I didn't know him. He was sitting with my. Were you sitting with Roycey that day? Oh, God, no. I mean, I nothing no, against Roycey, but. No, no, I know. No, well, I was who with was a couple, just a couple of my neighborhood buddies, you know? Oh, his neighborhood buddies? Yeah. So he's sitting there, and what I loved about that sport so much, because I would haze the living piss out of players, try to rattle them <laughs> and all the rest of it. <laughs> and I would go to games, and I would look out, and Reggie Jackson would be there. Oh, and yeah. He, and he started doing a little, like, uh, you know, some stretching and all the rest of it. I noticed every time he stretched to touch his toes, one of his hands came up between his legs and gave me the finger. <laughs> Real smooth. Well, you know, oh, Tom, he's give me the finger all the time. I'm one person who can relate to that because he gave me the finger any number of times. Oh, absolutely. Well, those arrogant, no you, know, the, you know, those arrogant Yankees. I mean, you, you could have been a, he could have been a utility player for the Yankees, and they're like that. That is true. But I thought, he... I truly thought that day that Joe Rudy was going to come out of the stands and attack you. Oh, I think he wanted to. He absolutely <laughs> wanted to. There's And Fred Lynn, too. I remember Fred oh, yes, Lynn was, yes. Fred threw Lynn. a bat at me, but I was sitting behind the screen. So it accidentally slipped out of his hand. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Gene Mock, when he was coming in after a bad inning, oh, boy. going out to change the pitcher, he'd come back in <laughs> after changing the pitcher. And somehow he had to rub his forehead with his middle finger when he walked up past me. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a, a bit more obvious than that. <laughs> well, it was. I, I saw some thrust there. <laughs> Oh, God, that's hilarious. Oh, there was thrust. There was definitely thrust. One thing about Gene Mock that I loved, you know, when I first started covering Gene Mock, when he became the manager, um, I used to, after the game, I'd come into his little office there. He'd, he'd usually be taking, if they lost, which was most of the time, he'd be taking a little swig from a pint a whiskey bottle. Oh. And, uh, and I'd, I'd ask him questions, right? Never answered one of them, which was fine no. with me. I didn't care. But so basically by, by mid-May, I would just come in, sit down on the couch, and just wait. Didn't ask him a thing. Didn't say hi, nothing, no greetings, no salutation. Just waited. And then he'd take a, maybe a pull from the bottle, and he'd sigh. <laughs> he'd, uh, he'd look at me kind of pondering what his next move would be, and then he'd say, you know, the thing about this is that Good pitchers throw strikes when they have to and balls when they can. And then I get up and leave. That was it. <laughs> that was it. He had his thought for the day. Okay, that's good. And he was a very smart man. And, mm-hmm. and we know he, he knew baseball. So mm-hmm. anything he said was, you know, worth pondering. And I, you know, so many, so many writer, I, writers, they're not writers, but so many people who cover sports today and every single story with a meaningless quote. And it, yeah, took me, it took me a year to stop quoting baseball players and managers. <laughs> it's like I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to tell the story. Which you did a great job of, by the way. When I first met you, that's what you were doing. And uh, yeah, we became friends. Uh, you couldn't do that today, though. Today you'd have to be talking about the analytics and all the other stuff. Oh, yeah. The There's human no stuff, not it. so much. I can't wait to go to my first baseball game. We're going to the game on Monday night in Miami, as a matter of fact. The Twins ah. are in Miami. Well, you get I to happen... see Arias then, too. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. So so basically, because Catherine and I are going to be on the road, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see the Twins on Monday night in Miami. Looking forward to that. The game uh, today I'll be watching on television. They have tomorrow off, of course. 
and then uh, they go back, come back on Sunday, uh, Saturday and Sunday in Kansas City, then uh, then down to Miami. And their first home game is when is? I didn't even check it yet. I didn't either, but this is probably one of those like eight day road trips, right? Thursday, March yeah. 6th, they host the Astros next week. You mean April 6th? April, 6th. April, excuse me. Thank you. Yeah. Please don't come back in March 6th. <laughs> it's going to be another year before I see my twins. <laughs> well, it'll be warmer then. <laughs> well, that's true. Absolutely Today, right. Today, they'd probably wind up, well, if it was an evening game, they'd have to cancel it already. No, you're right. They have, oh, the weather for the next three days is going to be terrible. You want, oh, God, do I, I don't want to do the weather. It's too suckwad. You know what I mean? It's going to be raining and then snowing and then raining. And then snowing and then freezing and then, yeah, it's not going to be pleasant. There's no question. We do have to take a break here. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Our special guest, Rachel Lodiero. Talking about American Dad coming up next, the Tom Bernard Show. Continually make the My Slippers the number one selling My Pillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T O M, you'll get the all season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My Slippers have an exclusive four layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all season slippers for only 25 bucks. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan. I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan. And my daughter-in-law, Melissa, yep, you guessed it, drives a Nissan Kicks. And Cart's grandson, Ethan, safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Coon 
Rapids north side of Highway 10 and around Lake Boulevard. Jay Buck runs the show at this Nissan store. This month at all three Nissan dealerships, score 0% financing on Rogues, Altimas, and Pathfinders with up to $1,500 available loyalty cash on select models. Nissan strong and loyal like me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to Walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. I'm due for an oil change. Maybe I'll see you there. 0% financing for 36 months, $27 per month per 1000 finance on approved credit. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know when Rachel is ready to go. That'll be a yep. good thing. We're ready to rock. Oh, you're ready to roll already. Excellent, ladies and gentlemen. Rachel Loggiero, let's talk a little American Dad. Rachel, how are you? Well, I'm good, Tom. You just called me by my married name, Rachel Loggiero. <laughs> oh, it's, that's what's at the top of the, the, the descriptor, honest to God. It's at the very that top. Is it's the top. hilarious. I'm sure that your audience is like, who the heck is Rachel Ladero? Commonly well, I known thought you, as McFarland. You know what's hilarious about that is that you, at the bottom, you ready for this? We can talk about your name okay. all day, actually. Rachel, would be wonderful. It says, because they add a part in the next part, it says, Rachel Ann Ladero is a voice actress and a singer. So now you're Rachel Ann, too, not just Rachel. <laughs> Rachel Ann, here for you this morning. How you doing, Rachel Ann? Everything good? Um, I will tell you something. I really enjoy the work. (laughs) I really enjoy... Is it a bad sign that uh, at this point in my life, I still love watching animation? I've been fascinated about it since I was a little kid. I love it. You know, I don't think so. It's funny. So I have uh, a 13-year-old who is now at the exact age that one would start watching Family Guy and American Dad. But while that's true, right, it's like 14 years old, I think, is sort of the, the target. It, it's really for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I have yeah, fans yep. that, that um, will come see me at different conventions that I have done that are in their 70s and they're still like i love the show so much it's it i think it it uh, speaks to all ages for sure i think anybody can enjoy cartoons you know Not i just found rachel you're gonna love this next paragraph because they i think they figured it out right. in addition to voice acting mcfarland has also been involved in other aspects of animation such as being a production manager for the grim adventures of billy and mandy welcome to eltonville and she wrote an episode of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy titled Educating Grim. So what's great about that is, for the first three paragraphs, it talks about Rachel Leggero, then it's Rachel and Leggero, and then the third paragraph, it's Rachel McFarlane. So you've you got eight names. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? That's a very good point, Rachel. That is right off yes. of Wikipedia, isn't it? That's hilarious. 100%. Yes, because I'm like... <laughs> Welcome to Ellisonville. What? Yeah, okay. I guess I worked on that show for five seconds. Yeah. But, you know, I I just assume maybe you got married and changed your name or something. I, what the hell do I know? I just, I, I read and what they give me, much right? Much to my husband's chagrin, no, I am a hyphenate. I am, and much to my license's chagrin, too, because McFarlane Ladero is a lot to stick on a license. But, no, yeah. I suppose it is true. <laughs> My wife did the same thing. It's like, no, that's good. You can go with Bernard. I'm going with Brant. We're good to go. Close enough yeah. anyway. There you go. Exactly. Do we really need that? Yeah. Do you? Plus, now, I when mean, you get... I've been with her for 20 plus years, you know, as McFarland. So, yeah. Right. Well, right. Well, you never know. I just I just do what I'm told. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, all I ever do is follow the rules. <laughs> you don't there believe you go, that, do you? Tom. No, you don't I believe don't. that, do you, Rachel? <laughs> 
not for a second. Um, how many hours? How many hours a week do you end up on the mic? Um, it's funny. It really depends. This week mm-hmm. has been a bit because, um, let's see, fam- with Family Guy and American Dad, both having table reads, both recording, and then I did a couple other shows this week. So it, you know, it's probably uh, one, two, three, four, five, maybe ten hours this week on the mic. No, ten hours. And how do you? Because yeah. you know, a guy. I, I've been a voiceover my whole life as well, and you spend a lot of time talking. People wonder how. Do you, do you think that your voice just kind of adapts to it? And because it, a lot of people think, my God, if you talk that much, you must get sore throats and you must get tired. But but your voice adapts to it, doesn't it? I mean, it does. I had um, a birthday last week, and I celebrated it. Let's just say that. And then I had to record the next day. Um, and yeah, it's amazing how the brain and the voice after 25 years, they just kind of know what to do, you know, no, like, okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah, clear the throat. Yeah. And go. Yeah. And you'll be good. And you know, you remember about what age you were when you thought, man, I want to do that. Um, yeah, I remember exactly because I was 22 and I had just moved oh. to California. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And it was my brother who was like, I think you would be good at this. You should try it. And um, my first show was Johnny Bravo in 1998. And uh, I fell in love with it that day. It was so fun and relatively easy. And um, the people were really nice and normal. And I thought this is a little corner of the industry that I think I could I could uh, be comfortable in. And 25 years later, yeah, here we are. See, I think that's wonderful. I, I just mm-hmm. um, when when my wife and I lived in New York, I did I, I did a couple of cartoon shows, but I can't remember who they were. This was back in the like the early to mid 80s, something like that. Mm-hmm. But the only problem with me, Rachel, is whenever I was given direction by a producer, I always ended up talking like this. Why did I always have to be the evil one, Rachel, is what I'd like to know. You see well, what I'm saying? Well, villains are the most fun. Yep. I, oh, I you... often <laughs> say that. Kids, when they're auditioning for shows, I'm like, no, you don't want to go for the prince. You want to go for the, the evil queen. Like, that's going to be the more fun part to play. And villains have always been, um, villains have always been the most fun characters. I just recently finished a series on Disney called Owl House where I got to play this whole horribly evil mother and that was such a fun <laughs> character how did you do that i can't picture you as an evil horrible i know person. and it's funny because my 13 year old is, is like obsessed with the show and they uh they're always laughing at um yeah my evil mom character and i'm like oh you want to see evil mom i'll show you evil mom <laughs> <laughs> do you ever use a voice when you're being evil to your children no, I don't, because when I'm being evil to my children, I'm usually furious at whatever <laughs> insane thing they've done. So uh, I think it's one crap together. It yep. No question <laughs> about it. No, I, I just I, I, I hope people do understand we're talking to Rachel about, uh, um, you know, American uh, some wonderful shows. Let me just put it that way. American Dad, uh, by the way, the new season. Uh, playing right now, nine o'clock central time on TBS, as a matter of fact, but it just do you do a lot of voiceover as well, as well as doing a, 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 a acting on television? Do you do a lot of vo- I assume you would, right? Yeah, I do. I actually do only voiceover. I On camera has never been anything that I've had a remote interest in. So 
Um, it's been voiceover for, yeah, for 25 years. And I think that's part of, um, you know, why obviously I've been on these shows that have been on for 18 seasons because um, I started American Dad when I was 27, I think, 28. And I just turned 47 and I still play an 18-year-old. So uh, that's one of the gifts of animation is that, um, you know, while it's like the picture of Dorian Gray, right? While I'm aging, uh, my characters are staying the same age. Well, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass here, but you wouldn't have to just do animation because I'm looking at your picture. You look like you could still be 18. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've never been an on-camera person. My brother made me, not made me, but whatever, like talked me into doing a bit part in Ted too. And I was oh, like, okay. oh, God, this is so much sitting around for, like, two minutes of, of filming. I'm like, this is, yeah, voiceover is much more efficient, you know? You get it done fast. You know what I really love about this? Uh, I know we only got about one more minute with you because you're on a tight schedule, but I love the fact that I was sent the wrong information with the wrong name, so I'd assume, well, maybe she <laughs> got married or something, or maybe she decided to change her name or what. But the way you handled that was very professional. You didn't go, you know what, Tom, you suck. You didn't do that. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. No, Tom, I think I, <laughs> we keep things in perspective around here. You know? <laughs> well, please come back and we'll I use the right outraged. name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come back soon, all right? Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, Rachel, ladies and gentlemen. Rachel McFarlane. <laughs> I don't know how the hell that ended up happening, but... She might be I am the really... least pretentious uh, actor I've, I've heard in years. That is exactly what I was yeah. just going to say. I'm really happy I didn't get a pretentious actor because they would have burned me to the <laughs> oh, ground. Yeah. yeah, it's just wild. That's what we got sent. And I knew she was McFarlane, but I thought since they resent that, that that was what she goes by now. So Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this past week I've been able to take a couple more minutes than what we've had this morning to, you know, just double check all the info and stuff like that. But, you know, just copy and paste exactly what we were sent. And eh, you know. No, no, I understand that. I, I'm oh, not, yeah, but just I, like, I'm not upset with anybody. Yeah. You're fired, really, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't blame it on me and go, why don't you go screw oh. yourself and hang up on me? Try pulling that with Shirley MacLaine. Oh, Shirley would yell at me again. She's yelled at me about five times, and it made them all make it six, right? Uh, wonderful moments, though. What did she call it? Himalayan humor? Himalayan humor. <laughs> None of us knew, had any idea what she was talking about. But, it, you know, it was an aphorism of sorts, you know. It was, yeah, I mean, it was like, I can get into that, you know. Why was she so pissed off? Is what I to this day I don't understand. What 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 was she pissed off about? Right? Did I say something to her that pissed her off? I I think that what happened was she'd listened to a minute or two of the show before oh. she was on the air, and uh, she decided that we were horrible people. Mm -hmm. She was only half right, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I agree. And uh, that was that. So, yeah, so she wasn't going to like us too much. No, nah, she was on a couple of times, and <laughs> that was it. I have but, some favorites But it is, to me, it's one of the highlights of, of those 25 years that I took part in. No, I understand that. There's no question about it. We didn't have a whole lot of dinks calling in, but there were some, I suppose, over the years. No, because the, we, a lot of times on the phone we were talking to our listeners, and they were, of course, wonderful. See? There you go. Uh, you can do that here as well. Mike, we will talk to you on the Family Podcast coming up in about an hour. Looking forward yeah. to that. Boy, I tell you, this, this hour really goes fast. 
I, I'm telling you, the three hours go. Uh, every day I, I comment on that, Mike, and I'm going to have to stop, I suppose, one of these days. But this three-hour morning show shoots by so fast. I look up and it's like, oh, my God, it's 10 o'clock. I, I find but, myself getting up a little earlier all the time just to catch a bit of it on my way. You know, be, used to we'll be, I, 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 like, when I started doing this, you know, a couple months ago, it was like, you know, I'd set the alarm for 8.52. Sure. And, and that allowed me to uh, to uh, do really basically nothing except brush my teeth, get in the car, and come over here. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm actually I'm actually like uh, there's some alarm clock in my head because I want to I want to hear as much as I can. Uh, although of course I need the sleep. But yeah, it's it's like I feel like if this hour that that I'm on is so fast, man, it's it, Tom. This is uh, this is not the former show. No, it's a hell of a lot more fun than that, as a matter of fact. And I'm not, you know, pointing blame on any of my castmates or any of that stuff. It's just it's a much, much better setup. It's a much better place to work. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. And no doubt about that. All right, pals, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Great show yet again.